there, and welcome to Story You Talk Radio. I'm your host, Coach Debbie, and I'm here with you every single Thursday at 4 o'clock p.m. on the Pacific Pacific Coast time and Eastern time zone. We are at 7 p.m. So I, I am so delighted that you can join me live, that you reserve this hour so we can look at anything regarding your book, your blog, your brand, the stories you live by, the love letters you're writing, or we can even talk about how you might be biting your lip and feeling a little blocked and needing a little help. I always love hearing from you. I've got my Facebook page open, so you're more than welcome to drop a question there, and that's uh, Coach Debbie on Facebook, and it's D-E-B-B-Y, and you can put a comment there, or you can go to Facebook Messenger and drop a comment. I'm always happy to take your questions, and it looks like Rob has already added a question to the queue. So we will be getting to you very soon. Today I want to be looking at the artist's way and sort of give you a little tour of this book. I can't even believe it. It came out in 1992. It was written by Julia Cameron and it was first self-published. So I think it's possible that my Putnam Penguin Publishing 1992 version might be the second edition. So then that makes me wonder, when did it really, really, really come out first? Not sure. But 1992, that's that's nearly a 30-year anniversary. So why don't we celebrate? Julia Cameron was here one year ago in Seattle. It was so much fun to get to meet her and be in her workshop and do a bunch of exercises, be with like-minded people. These are not the ways that we get to spend our most current days, especially if you're listening live. You know that we are still in particular phases of the pandemic, but maybe, maybe, maybe you were there and you get to recall how great it was, but if you don't, I want you to go to your bookshelf and pull down your copy of The Artist Way. The subtext is A Spiritual Path to Higher Creativity. I'm going to be walking you through it a little bit today. And I'm also going to give away a few copies of this book, signed copies by me, going directly to you. And to get these, well, just keep on listening and I'll tell you how it works. If, uh, if this book is new to you, I want to encourage you to win one here today or to pick one up. And I say this because the artist way might be, might be the book that took me from thinking, Writing is neat, writing is cool, writing has, especially journaling at that time um, when I was in my 20s, it took me from a place of just thinking it was all neat and cool and 
wow and just sort of my private little thing I did to investing myself in my writing. I, I really took a hard right turn when I got this book. And I remember picking up this book. It was oh, probably very early 90s. It had probably just come out. And I didn't even know it. I bet that's the case. Because it was early 90s. And I was about 23 years old. And I had just started college. There was a bookstore downtown Seattle at that time. It was a beautiful bookstore. It was called Borders. And I remember when it was being built, it was the the first three stories of one of our skyscrapers downtown Seattle. And my mother worked up in, you know, maybe the 25th floor or something like that, maybe higher up. And I loved this idea that as soon as that bookstore got built, I was going to be able to go and hang out there and wait for my mom to get off work and maybe we could go have dinner or something like that. In addition to this, I also had a bus stop where I transferred on my way from school or from work to go on home. So borders just sort of became this thing in my life. I was there a lot. And early, early in their, yeah, it, it may have even been during the first year they were open. I remember walking in and I saw this book by Julia Cameron on display. I saw it up high in a bookshelf where the writing section was. I saw it over by the little bakery section. I mean, they really were were displaying it all over the bookstore. And I know it wasn't quite like this, but have you ever gone to reach for a book up on the shelf and it like literally fell into your arms? It was it was like that. I was like up on my tiptoes trying to get a copy that was in you know, the saran wrap, it was all still fancy. I was trying to get one of those and it just fell down into my arms. And so I went over to one of the display copies and looked at it and I thought, wow, this thing, wow. I mean, it, it, it felt like it was just this massive invitation to get in a new relationship with my writing. And I bought that. And it did. It changed my life. Julia Cameron's book, The Artist's Way, is often talked about because of a term she coined, she is known for, and it's called The Morning Pages. It's just one of the many things that is wonderful about this book, but I think it is the thing that she really came to be known for. So if you have taken on the challenge of the morning pages, you know the relief. But if you don't know about them, I want to tell you about it right now. Morning pages, in my quick summary of it, is a it's basically a promise to yourself 
You start your morning by opening up a dedicated journal. I remember buying one exactly for this. And you commit to writing three pages longhand of whatever's on your mind. It's in this moment that you are not trying to be a blogger, but if that happens, awesome. You're not trying to write that love letter to your sweetheart, but again, if it happens, awesome. You're not trying to create your grocery list, but if that's what gets out on paper, it's fine. The morning pages are a way of letting you know that you've got a lot on your mind and it serves you to put it down on paper and get it off your mind so you can see it. If you can see it on the page, then you can either decide you're going to give it attention or you're going to move on. And when things stay in our mind, as opposed to getting down on the page, on the morning page, when things stay in our mind, we honestly don't have as much choice as what we're going to do with it. We often find ourselves spinning those thoughts around. Spinning thoughts like, I really should get to the grocery store. I'm just about out of stuff. Maybe I should have some delivery come Maybe, no, I don't want to spend all the money. Maybe that kind of spinny thought can take over what Julia Cameron calls your creative time. Or you might get into deep thoughts about your loved ones. Or you might get into deep thoughts about why you're not writing your blog. Or why people are saying whatever they're saying about your blog or why your manuscript is sitting over there under your desk where no one can find it. (laughs) All those things that can happen when we think too much. What I love about Julia Cameron is she knew that this was the human experience and not just her own experience. She knew this was a product of anxiety and not just her own mind spinning thoughts. So she created a way to bring us all together in a funny, funny way. When you're doing your morning pages, you know you're part of a community who is committed to doing them too. And there's something comforting about that. So what I want to encourage you to think about is that there is nothing but relief, nothing but clarity, nothing but goodness that comes to you when you do your morning pages. Now you might think, but I'm afraid someone will find them. Well, then you need to take care of that. You need to come up with a system where they're just for you, wherever it is you need to put them. I have one client who keeps hers in the trunk of her car and it's worth it to her to go down to the garage every morning and get her notebook out of the trunk of her car because in her mind, it's safe there. I also know someone, (laughs) I knew this person very intimately long, long ago who kept his morning pages in the freezer (laughs) 
because he wasn't one who had company. And he said, well, then I always know where they are and they don't get lost in all this paper clutter. And you know what? I think that's quite brilliant. You just need to have them where you can get to them every morning. And if you can't get to them every morning, uh, and, and just warning, that is kind of a way of sabotage. But if you can't get to them every morning, just whatever piece of paper you can find will work. It will. So that's where we start with the morning with uh, the book, The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. We start with this notion that the morning pages serve us because they are a way of clearing our mind. They're a way of putting things down on paper, just our gnarly little thoughts, so that whatever wants to come through can. It's, it's a way of allowing a certain channeling. It's clearing the path for your more creative, unique thoughts. And like I said, while you're doing your morning pages, you might find your creative thoughts coming through, just like you might find your grocery list coming through. And both of those are just fine. Absolutely just fine. Let me take you through some of the... Well, why don't I just take you through the chronology of this book first, through the table of contents. And these are just the basic principles that she gets into week by week. She starts by talking about recovering a sense of safety. And this is really where we look into any shadow side of our artistic development and any, any enemy we might have within us, those negative beliefs and the need to start affirming more of an ally that actually lives within us, but might be a bit dormant and needs some controlling to come out. She takes us then into the second chapter that's moving us from chapter one about safety and into chapter two about our sense of identity. And this is a place where a lot of people sometimes have a corrupt sense of identity. They haven't really united with the artist and the writer that lives within them. This is sometimes the place where we find our own inner skeptic, where we need to learn how to attend to what's in front of us, we kind of need what she calls the rules of the road. And we find out about the crazy makers in our life and why, why, if we don't deal with that, we're going to have a really hard time getting to our sense of identity. Most people move through these two chapters okay. And then they get to chapter three about a sense of power. And this seems to be a very common place where many of us stay for a long time, me included, especially in my 20s, hung out in this chapter a very long time. Why? Because in this chapter about our sense of power and really regaining our power, we have to look at our anger. And so many of us, we, we just weren't shown how to do that. 
we were taught that anger was a bad thing. Anger was something that came out of bullies. We were taught that when we're angry, we have completely abandoned ourselves. She really cleans all that up. She gives us a sense of our power again if we're willing to go through those steps of anger. And I'm going to be talking more about that. She also gets into shame. I don't think newcomers to anger can walk through it without bumping into their shame and how we deal with our criticism, but then again, how we set that up for our growth. And after that, you're kind of home free for a while if you're willing to work with that chapter. You get into the next chapters on your integrity, your sense of possibility. I really enjoy the sense of abundance that comes in. We're going to talk today about the seventh chapter, which is about your sense of connection. And as the book goes forward, you really feel more and more restored. You get into your strength, your compassion. You start to understand why it has been necessary to self-protect and how any overdoing can come into it, any workaholism. And pretty soon, you're leaving behind any notion of competing with yourself or others. You're gaining a really strong ability to be autonomous. And finally, you're working into that space where you have more faith and you have a better sense of trust with yourself and the words that you are allowing to put on paper. She does all of this in one book. <laughs> so I, I think this is why it's one that I've just, I've been going to now for 30 years. And I love this book. And I want to sell you on loving it. So will you stay with me? We've got to take a break right now, but we are going to come right back. And I'll be taking Rob's question. Stay tuned. I'm Nathan Mum, and I'm the host of Tech Time Radio. Tech Time Radio is officially on KKNW from Saturdays from 4 to 5 p.m. You can listen to our show live. We are excited to also then rebroadcast our episodes on Thursday morning from 6 to 7 a.m. The hosts cover top tech stories with a funny spin. That's good. So, Hooked on phonics worked for you, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. Grab your weekly technology without having to geek out. Yeah, I can imagine. We talk technology for the everyday common person. Saving Great Animals, a Seattle-based dog rescue organization, matches families with dogs that are the best fit. Dogs that come from overcrowded animal control shelters, from abandonment or neglect. The key to saving great animals' success is a trial adoption 
education program, including training and counsel as needed. This way, you know you have the right dog before the adoption is final. Saving Great Animals relies solely on donations, so please visit SavingGreatAnimals.org today. Hi, this is Lisa Downs, host of Reigniting You, the show that takes a positive, forward-looking approach to mid-to-late career transitions for Gen Xers and Boomers every Wednesday afternoon at 3 o'clock Pacific. Whether you're looking to stay in the traditional workforce, do your own thing, or retire or semi-retire, Reigniting You is your source for career transition advice, inspiration, and insight for what's next in your career and life. Join me Wednesdays at 3 o'clock to get re-energized, recharged, and reignited. Make us part of your daily routine. Alternative Talk 1150. And welcome back to Story You Talk Radio. I'm your host, Coach Debbie, and I'm here with you live every Thursday at 4 o'clock p.m. Pacific Time and 7 o'clock p.m. on the East Coast. And we offer you a replay here if you have the KKNW app. I strongly suggest you get it. It's available for... Apple and Android, the KKNW app. You don't have to be in Seattle to use this app, but it will allow you to listen to any of our programming. We offer a replay of this show through the app, and that is, we also offer it through the, the website as well, which is 1150kknw.com. So when you want to hear the replay, you just tune in on Friday mornings, Pacific Time, 6 a.m. when you're driving into work. Or if you go to work a little bit later and you're on the East Coast, that plays at 9 a.m. And I'm always delighted if you go to Apple Podcasts or SoundCloud or Spotify or Podcast One or any of those and you subscribe. It's lovely. If you feel like writing a a wonderful review, I will gladly receive it. So thank you so much for tuning in today. We're talking about The Artist Way by Julia Cameron. She is one of the best best people I know to help me reclaim my creativity through the exercises and the support and guidance she has in her book, The Artist Way. We were talking about the morning pages, which most people think of when they think of Julia Cameron. And I want to speak just for a moment to the person that might not do that much writing and might be more interested in this show because of the stories you live by, less due to writing or blogging. And what I want to say is that your morning pages might be something like your hobbies or your athletics. And what I mean by that is I I think of my, my stepdad who just as as long as I can think back, has been a man of movement. And it was either basketball or tennis 
or walking the dogs and walking the dogs very quickly (laughs) or hiking or cross-country skiing. He is a man of movement. Yet I know he doesn't do it just for the joy of building strength. He does it because it is essential that he has a way to unwind and that he has a way to clear himself from the tasks and the responsibilities and just move his energy around so that he gets connected to his creativity again. Over and over again, when he would come home from the basketball court or when he would come back from walking the dogs, he would have something really interesting to say And you could tell he was just feeling creative. So I think athletes in their own right have, shall we say, morning pages. And they're not writing, but they're moving their energy so that they can be really creative and uncluttered again. It's essential that all of us have a way to do this. My sweetheart is someone who has a hobby of woodworking and he's very good at it. And I'll tell you, when he bellies up to his wood bench and gets going on a hobby, he, he's got this like submarine right now that he, he's working on it. And it's, it's all these pieces of wood at, that, that he's been filing away at, cutting away at tiny little pieces and they all come together and all these measurements, all this stuff. It's his place to go to not only be creative, but to let go of responsibility and task and anything that, that makes him feel anxious and just be in the present moment. Because that's really the gift of morning pages is it brings us out of our worry, out of our anxiety, and back to our presence. One of the things that Julia Cameron talks about is this notion that creativity is the natural order of life. So when we're feeling more anxious, you have to accept to some degree that You've left the natural order. You can't really be hyped up and anxious and creative. Now you can be joyous and excited and be creative, but but you can't really be buzzing on adrenaline and have the same access to your creativity. You, you you might mistake it as creativity because stuff is coming at you. There's this firing off of ideas. But I would challenge you to carry that idea out when the, the uh, adrenaline is going. Most people with adrenaline can come up with something, but they're, they're in sprint mode. They're going to run out of fuel before they get to the end of that idea, before if, if it's something that's meant to be a chapter or a blog or something, they're, they're, they're typically going to run out of juice before 
they find their way to the fullness of that project. So creativity is actually more about being present, more about being with yourself than about running through, dashing through some energy so that something gets off your desk and posted and done and out. It's not really that. And I'm not saying that little bits of creative spark don't come through. Absolutely. But the kind of long-term fuel you're looking for isn't adrenaline. It's creativity. We also have to think about when we refuse to be creative. Has this ever been you? It's that counter attack that we have on doing whatever feels natural. And so because I think most people work through chapters one and two pretty well, that that notion of getting safe again, finding identity again, I'm just going to take you into recovering your sense of power. I've got her book right here. And this is where we get into a tricky, tricky phase because it's when a lot of people just, like I said, they, they start to feel the adrenaline because they want to get away from what she talks about in chapter three. And that's the anger. The anger tends to be the place where we've sort of stifled ourselves, and it's almost where we have found a certain mad energy, and we don't want to have much to do with it because we can't rely on ourselves to relate to it in any thoughtful way. It's only been shown to us that anger is bullying and anger is bad. But what I want to encourage you to do is consider this. She says in her book, and now I am quoting her here, anger will always tell you if you have betrayed yourself. It will always tell you that it's time to act in your own best interests. Because uh, what often happens here is that we're angry after something. So again, let me, let me quote her here. She says, anger is a voice. It's a shout. It's a plea. It's a demand. Anger is meant to be respected. Why? Because anger is a map. Ooh. Now again, she's, she's not talking about when anger is thrusted on you from someone else. We're talking about anger we feel from inside. She says anger is a map. Let me continue reading to you from her book here. Anger shows us what our boundaries are. Anger shows us where we want to go. It lets us see where we've been, and it lets us know when we haven't liked it. Anger points the way and not just the finger. In the recovery of the blocked artist, anger is a sign. Are you ready? 
Anger is a sign of health. Oh, my goodness. Oh, are you feeling relief? (laughs) Sometimes I come to this page just for that. This is page 61, by the way. If you ever want to feel some relief. Because when anger bubbles up inside, we tend to think we've gone wrong somewhere. And actually... I rely on Julia Cameron's wisdom here to help me know that anger is actually a sign of health that's saying, wait, 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 hang on, hang on, hang on. You have let a boundary down. You have allowed someone to get a little too close or a little too cold. You're, you're not, you're not saying no when you mean no or you're not saying yes when you mean yes. Stop, halt, wait a minute here. That's that's what now I hear when I know I'm angry. And what I used to hear a lot of was, how dare they? <laughs> or why did that happen? Or that was not supposed to go that way. I'd hear a voice like that. What I did was I let that be my morning pages. And what happened was I started to develop a relationship with that more angry part of me. It's rare now that I feel angry, but when I do, it talks to me in this voice where it it doesn't say, oh my God, I can't believe that happened. Instead, it says... Oh, oh dear. Oh, wait. Hang on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's like, it's like we're on a horse and I'm, I'm letting the horse know we got to stop. We got to stop right now. I, I know we were almost reaching the gallop, but we've got to stop right here. Something is off. Anger always tells me that something has been off and I missed it. I missed it. And the moment I realize I'm angry, I'm awakening my sense of health again. I'm awakening to taking care of myself. This is not an easy thing to do. Not right out of the gate. It's something we practice. I I noticed that this could be, maybe, what was driving Rob's question when he wrote in today. And I might be wrong, but I might be right. Rob is someone that writes brilliant stories, often from his own experiences. And I know he's getting into it more and more. And let me just read this question he posted for today's show. He says, how can I clear the clutter of life from my mind and allow the spirit to talk clearly? How can I clear the clutter of life from my mind and allow the spirit to talk clearly. A lot of that is going to go back to what we said about the morning pages or having an athletic outlet or possibly a hobby. We do a lot of clearing. It's a lot of clearing of life's responsibilities when we're in that place. But what I want to stress here, Rob, is that 
in chapter four, we're reminded that by doing these things, we come face to face again with our integrity. Uh, Another quote from Julia Cameron, and I think this will help you, Rob. She says, as we lose our vagueness about ourself or our values or our life situation, we become available to the moment. And there she's saying that when we when we have a ton on our mind, when we have all this stuff we think we're supposed to do in our life, we have to have a way of letting that drop. The morning pages does it for me. Walking the dog does it for my dad. Hobbies do it for my sweetie. You have your own way. But by doing that, you're accomplishing exactly what you set out to do right here. You're asking, how can I clear the clutter? Those things clear the clutter. And what you find is that because it's cleared, spirit just shows up and says, oh, hello. There was, there was too much in this room of your mind. But now that there isn't, I'm here. And I'm here to guide you. And I'm here to help you write. If you take it a little further, what you find out is that spirit is always with you. It's just that when clutter is with you too, it's harder to hear. That's what I find. I had to, uh, just to use an example, I had to move everything I own into this one area of my home because I had a big piece of furniture delivered. And while everything was over in that one area, I couldn't find anything. <laughs> and it kind of made me nuts. And I would say that's, that's clutter. That's me having a real hard time getting to my great thoughts because, well, they're all jammed up, it feels like, over there in that one room. And our brain, our mind feels like that sometimes when we have a lot of life's responsibilities on our shoulders. It is really, really important that if we're going to restore our integrity, we have a way built in, whether it's morning pages or sports or hobbies or whatever you like to do. Honestly, I like to cook sometimes. That does it for me. There's got to be a way to restore yourself, because as Julia Cameron says, it takes us back to that map, and it takes us back to the health of our own mind and our own being. Let's take one more little break here. When we come back, we're going to move through the second half of her book and some of these ideas around uh, that sense of connection again. And how we go from thinking up ideas to actually getting our ideas down. So please stay tuned. I'll be right back. Hi, this is Marilyn Milano. If you love animals, then please check out my new show, Love Has Many Faces, Tuesdays from 9 to 9.30 a.m. right here on Alternative Talk 1150. 
I'll be talking with rescue groups, animal advocates, and other organizations that help animals, sharing their stories, and giving our listeners some tangible ways in which they can help make a difference. That's Love Has Many Faces, Tuesdays at 9 a.m., right here on Alternative Talk 1150. Raising awareness, touching hearts, and saving animals' lives. Want to hear something different from talk radio? Keep your dial on Alternative Talk 1150. Story You Talk Radio. I'm your host, Coach Debbie, and I'm walking you through the artist way today. And I'll probably do it again. <laughs> this is just one of the best books, I think, to help any writer or anyone that really cares about living with those stories that guide us through our lives through this map that Julia Cameron calls The Artist Way. I absolutely adore this book, and I've owned my copy now for almost 30 years. Maybe, gosh, maybe, maybe more. So what I want to tell you is that this book is one that starts off with the notion that you've had a hard time writing And she doesn't want you to delay finding your creativity again. We we looked at the notion of safety, identity, reclaiming power. Those are the first three chapters and, and probably the hardest hurdle to then go over is moving from your power or how your anger has served you, and into this notion of integrity. Because often there, people find themselves in a place where they get a little apathetic. You know, it's almost like apathy is the opposite of anger. You would think it's kindness, but, and maybe it is, but, but just, Go with me a second here. When you're when you're really angry, you know that the person that's getting betrayed is you. And what you often don't know is that you played a role in it. And that's a hard thing to take. But often when we don't want to deal with that, or when we have dealt with it and we're getting tired we sort of go into a bit of a slothy mode. And it's really the opposite. It's really a, you know, I don't care. I don't care, whatever. It's almost an incomplete route through anger. It almost says, you've got a little something more to clean up here, and then you're going to be free. So I like to warn people about that. If you feel that, kind of slothy, apathetic feeling coming on. You're you're just about to get to where you want to go. Don't give up yet. Because on the other side of that, you're really going to feel into your values and you're really going to have a better sense of relating to yourself in a moment-by-moment way. And when we do that, it's just so much easier to know what boundaries serve us and how to use them. Let's let's jump ahead a bit to the seventh chapter. After you've 
acquired more of that integrity with yourself, eventually you're going to feel this sense of connection. And one of the things I love, and honestly, I feel it comes quite naturally at this stage, is that instead of trying to think something up, think up what you're going to write next, think up what you're going to do next, think up what serves you next. Instead of that, you start to find yourself in a place where what what you want to do is just grab a, a sheet of paper or a pen and get the idea down. It's coming to you. It It's with you. That spirit that Rob was looking for, it's right there with you. And it's like, oh, I'm thinking of something that this is this is pertinent. This is timely. This is something I need to get down. And so you do. Why? Because there's no clutter saying, no, actually, there's something else you need to do right now. No, actually, I have a different task for you right now. It's that you feel you you feel like you've had Julia Cameron calls this the the spiritual chiropractic. <laughs> I love it. You know, the chiropractor is all about making sure your spine, that that meridian that goes right down the middle of you and controls all nerves and muscles and and links up with bones and tendons. And I can't speak about it eloquently because I don't know it well. But it's it's the middle and it's essential. None of us go through life without a spine. But a spiritual chiropractic is like what the chiropractor does. It brings the left and the right into alignment with the spine. Because if anything's pinched off or hurt, the spine cannot carry all its message or do all its duty for us. And we'll start to feel inflamed and in pain due to that. Now, I find it really interesting that just about any time I commit to a writing project that I think is too big for me, I injure myself. I am not kidding. It's usually on the right side of my body. I'll get sciatica. So in other words, the nerves to the lower half of my body and especially just down the back of my right leg, that nerve feels like it's on fire. And what does it mean? It means spiritually I'm a little out of line and I'm feeling like I've got to do this all by myself. I I acquired a brand new injury two years ago. It was one I had never ever had before, but I think I was working on it for a long time. And that was to my shoulder. I acquired a frozen shoulder. Well, guess what? <laughs> that leads back to the spine. Everything leads back to the spine. If we're out of alignment, we don't have what we want so much and what she talks to us about so much in chapter seven. And that is this sense of really being connected. It's really hard to relax in your body 
when you don't have that chiropractic alignment. And guess what? It's really hard to relax in your writing if you're not feeling aligned, if you're not feeling connected to your own voice. And one of the great ways is to realize that, again, those morning pages are bringing you back to those early chapters where you're acquiring your sense of self, you're getting in touch with your identity again, and you're really, really feeling, even if it's just a quiet sense, your sense of power again. You're looking at things you're writing and going, oh, hey, look at that. Might just be a clever sentence. Could be a full paragraph. It could be that once you completed a blog post or a love letter or something that you had to write for your boss, could be an article for the medium, you look back at that and you go, I kind of I like it. You, you secretly say to yourself, ooh, that looks good. And you start to envision it being out in the world and being seen. And you're not necessarily in a rush to do it, but you, you're feeling the joy around it. And so that's, that's just a time when you know that that creative spark has been working with you, has been doing exactly what Julia Cameron said it could. When we are willing to let go of some of that angry, even even the petty side of us, and invite ourselves to just daily take a little bit of time, take a little bit of quiet time, and say, what could I release here? What could I let go of? What could I come back to? and experience my creativity and connection again. I'm going to take you into some of the most profound messages that I find in this book. We just have a couple of minutes here. Uh, Deborah is asking, since I can't seem to find my way to creativity yet, would you suggest that I get outside help or just stick to it. I'm a very quiet person in many ways. I live alone. I work alone. I'm not married. I don't dream of those things to change. I don't dream of those things to change. But my writing, yes, this is an area where I want help. Deborah, thank you for sending this question in. Absolutely. If you feel a desire for help, I encourage you to have help. There are ways you can do it one-on-one. I'm someone that offers private mentoring. There are ways you can do it by picking up, for example, a copy. You know what? I told people I was going to give gifts. Deborah, why don't you let me send you a copy of Julia Cameron's book, The Artist Way, because I'm I wanting to honor this introversion you're talking about here. 
um, I want to sweeten the deal a little bit too. If after you receive the copy of An Artist Way and you want to talk to me one-on-one about that, we're going to make a, a way for that to happen. So my email address is askcoachdebbie, and that's D-E-B-B-Y, askcoachdebbie.com. All I need you to do is send me your mailing address. I'll get a book to you. And if you so desire to have a follow-up with me, you and I will make that happen. I think, too, what I'm about to share here is going to serve you as well. These are some of the highest ideas in terms of really awakening to the notion that it's not just our everyday voice that does our writing. It's our highest voice. Some people call it our connection to source that does the writing. Some people flat out say it's God that does the writing. Some people call it their highest self. But you know when you're aligned with it. I really feel that Julia Cameron invites the notion of gratitude when she says this. Creativity is God's gift to us. Using our creativity is our gift back to God. In other words, there she's saying one of the most incredible ways you can be grateful for this life you've been given is to use your creativity because it's a way of gratifying the gifts you have and giving back. It goes out into the world. Even if you don't publish a blog, even if you decide writing a book feels too lofty, the fact that you write for you, the fact that you take time to have that relationship with you, changes you. It does a spiritual chiropractic on you. It makes you available to you And you take that everywhere you go. Finally, I want to leave you with this. She says it is safe to open yourself to a greater creativity. And that moment is here now. Oh, I love this book. And I hope you do too. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Story You. I'm here with you every Thursday live. Until next week, namaste, my friends. Mm